Hello everybody and welcome back to The Sauce. Today we're going to be discussing a topic that hasn't really been discussed recently. Um, I've been mostly focusing on like sports so far, but today is going to be focusing on more of a real-world topic. And seeing as schools won't teach you, I will. And we're talking about taxes today. So taxes are typically pretty easy to file. You're just filing your W-2 and your tax returns typically. Um, and your employer is going to withhold your income taxes, social security taxes, Medicare taxes, whatnot. But there is a situation in which you will need to actually file your taxes and actually pay taxes out of pocket. That is in the situation where you are a freelancer or someone who's legally not working for any corporation but like themselves. So this could mean people that have an S corporation, which I'll discuss in a future episode, or people who run small businesses or side hustles. Most common form of freelancers are contractors or people who complete services. And we're just going to be talking today about how these freelancers need to pay taxes and how if you are a freelancer, you will be able to pay your taxes using certain documentation and certain methods of filing your taxes. Now, one of the first things you need to understand when you're filing your taxes as a freelancer is that you need to understand that you're going to need certain types of documentation to file your taxes as a freelancer. One of those documents, um, there are two main forms of documents. One of them is the W-9 form, which needs to come to and from all your clients. And basically, anyone that purchases over $600 in contractor services needs to report the work that was done via a 1099 MISC form to the IRS and the contractor. And basically, this 1099 MISC form is the contractor equivalent of a W-2 or income statement that employers are typically going to send their employees at the end of the tax year. So in a situation where someone is, again, legally a freelancer and works for a certain company, so let's say I'm a freelancer, I have my S-corporation, which I'll discuss again later, um, and basically I work for, let's say, Amazon. I'm a web developer for Amazon. So if I'm a freelancer and I have my own company, what Amazon's doing is they're paying my company for me to go work for Amazon. So in this case, even though I'm working for them year-round and they're my only contract, I'm still a contractor. So they're going to send me a 1099 MISC form instead of a typical W-2 form. The second form of documentation that you need to understand is the Schedule C Profit or Loss Business uh, Sole Proprietorship Form. And this is basically just when you're filing your year-end taxes, you need to fill out the Schedule C, which is essentially just a document that lists like business income and expenses. So basically what you spent money on, what you uh, got money from, how you made your money is essentially what that is. And those are the main two documents that you need to do while you're actually filing your taxes and when you're paying your taxes. Now, when you're filing your taxes, there are two types of taxes that you need to follow through with. You need to pay your quarterly taxes, 
which come in every four or every three months, and you need to pay your yearly um, tax returns, which is basically just filing and seeing how much you need to pay or how much you overpaid so that the government can refund your extra money back. Now, quarterly taxes are taxes that are paid based on an income estimate to the IRS. The thing that gets a lot of people is that the amount typically is an ear estimate, but rather a prescribed estimate, which boils down to how much you would have owed the IRS last year on a quarterly basis. For instance, if you paid 10000 ta in taxes overall last year, then you would need to pay $2,500 every quarter this year. At the end of the year, you file your tax returns, which show whether or not you paid more or less than you're, you were supposed to. If you paid more, you get your refund tax returns, or if you paid less, you'll need to cover the amount. And the due dates for quarterly taxes are as follows. The first quarter ends on April 15th, the second quarter on June 15th, third quarter on September 15th, and the fourth quarter on January 15th of the following year. So if 2020 ends, then the last quarter of 2020 is due January 15th of 2021, which allows a 15-day period between quarters for you to file your taxes for the previous quarter. Now, another thing you can do is there's a way to make your own estimate and then pay taxes based on that estimate, but that's a little more complicated, and I'll get into that a little bit later. Now, each quarter, you're required to make a single payment that covers both your income tax and your Social Security and Medicare payments. Typically, your employer would withhold this from your uh, paycheck every paycheck, but uh, seeing as you're a freelancer, you'll need to make this payment yourself. You can pay your quarterly taxes online using the IRS Direct Pay, which seems to work relatively well from what I've read. And there are two portions of the quarterly tax payments. It's called the income tax and the self-employment tax, which is essentially just Medicare and Social Security. The income tax is easy to estimate as you're just filling or filing four equal quarterly payments based on last year's final payments, as discussed before. So that's your income tax. And then your self-employment tax is a little more complicated as it's the Social Security portion uh, is 12.4% up to an annual limit, which was $137,700 in 2020. And at the end of the year, you'll be able to claim half of that as a payment, as a uh, deduction payment. And for Medicare, you're charged 2.9% up until $200,000 in earnings and then you're charged 0.9% on income above that threshold. So essentially what you would be paying is you're paying 12.4% on your income up to the annual limit of $137,700, um, or whatever that annual limit is that year. And then you'll also need to pay your 2.9% up until your 200,000 threshold. And then everything above 200,000, you're paying... Um, you're only paying 0.9%. So that's like a little hard to take down, but that's what the numbers are. And by using those numbers, you can just uh, make those calculations and have a closer estimate. And that can be put on your 1040, I believe, is what that form is called. That is the... 
I believe that's the 1040 form. And basically what that is, is that's just a more refined estimate. And that's how you can take like your own estimates into account and pay taxes, uh, quarterly taxes that way. And by adding your income tax and self-employment amounts on your 1040, you can get a refined estimate of what you'll owe. So even if you're just paying the IRS determined uh, estimates, you should be able to save um, the money that you're, you're personally estimating to owe so that you can get a more refined estimate of you'll owe and you don't have to scramble later for that money. So that would be something that I would be doing just to make sure that I'm financially stable and I'm not scrambling for money last minute because I don't have the cash to make a tax payment. So after paying your quarterly taxes, you're going to have to file your year-end tax returns, which is what the majority of people are going to have to file. Typically what happens is employers are going to take your income and they're going to withhold their uh, federal income taxes, Medicare taxes, Social Security taxes. And because of that, typical employees are only going to have to file these year-end tax returns. Freelancers are the only people that are going to have to actually file quarterly income taxes. And year-end returns typically dictate how much more or how much too much you paid to the IRS. So you it decides basically how much more you need to pay them, how much they'll give you back, etc., and in order to find, file the returns, you'll need some specific paperwork. You'll need your W-2 if you're working for a set company or your 1099 MISCs, all of them, if you're filing as a freelancer. And you're also going to need your receipts for charitable donations, medical and business expenses for uh, declaring your deductions if you're itemizing your return. Now, itemizing deductions was something that even I was confused about when I first like read about it, but um, it's pretty simple in theory. Basically, what itemizing is, is basically it's whether you want your predetermined amount from the IRS regarding your tax deductions, which is like $12,400 for single people, $18,000 or something for head of households. So basically... It depends on how much money you spent on like business expenses, medical expenses, a lot of different things. And it declares how much money is non-taxable income that you have earned. And if you want to calculate your deductions or what it would be, it's basically just business expenses, charitable contributions, and medical expenses. Um, typically, standard deductions, which is the set amount that the IRS is going to give people, is going to exceed the itemized deductions for regular employees like people who work um, for Amazon, for example. But the itemized deductions are almost always going to be higher than the set deductions for the freelancers, seeing as they have more business expenses and things to actually spend money on regarding their business. So freelancers should typically itemize their deductions. Now, there are some rules regarding itemized deductions as well for freelancers. Um, businesses and Business and medical deductions are key to paying the minimal amount in federal taxes. So business expenses and in turn deductions rack up, um, they go up as you spend income um, for your business's growth. So this can include supplies, web hosting, 
a company car to do company travel and whatnot, which is essentially just a car that you bought with company money. But um, it's basically like, essentially, you're the only employee and employer in whatever company you work for because you're a freelancer. And this is also the basis of an S corporation, which, like I said, I'll talk about later. And either way, there are a lot of ways to make things business expenses. And when deducting the cost of home offices, business-related meals, things get a little more tricky. With home offices, you can deduct if the office is being used purely to work. So if you have a work laptop that you only use to work, that's a business deduction. So things like that. Um, Kitchen table doesn't count because you're using that to eat or work on other things. So no use that no space that's being used for personal use can be deducted. And with meals and entertainment, you can deduct 50% of that cost. So basically, with these deductions, you just need to add up your regular business expenses, regular medical expenses, regular charitable contributions, 50% of meals and entertainment for business-related things, and then any um, office spaces that are being used purely to work that you need to put in in a home or something like that, that is also a business expense. So just add all of that up, and that what that's what would be the deduction estimate. So based off of that, you can claim deductions, and depending on how you're filing and what you would come under, uh, you need to decide whether or not you're going to itemize said deduction or if you're just going to take the standard government amount. And typically what you want to do is you want to go with the higher amount so that you can save money off of taxes. Now, once you understand all of this, like itemized deductions, you're in tax returns, all the basics, um, it's really relatively easy to file your taxes. You just need to choose your filing status, which is basically whether you're married or um, single. And if you are married, whether you're filing jointly with a spouse or if you're filing alone, you decide how much you want, how you want to file. A lot of people use services like TurboTax, I'm not sponsored by the way, to file quick and easy returns. I believe the IRS also has a free service like this. You need to calculate your deductions based on whether you're filing standard or itemized deductions, as explained previously. And once all of this is calculated, the service will typically tell you if you owe money or if you'll get a return from the IRS. And the IRS, if you get a return, will generally send your return directly to your bank account via direct deposit, as specified on whatever service you're using. And payments is what gets a little tricky. It's a little hard to explain here, so instead, I'm going to lead you to irs.gov backslash payments, where you can just see the options for yourself. There are a lot of options, such as electronic wire transfers, check and cash payment options, and it could be a little confusing. So using the 1040 ES form, as stated earlier, to do, like, stronger estimates would be um, easier and the chances of you overpaying is going to be a lot likelier than likelier than and overpaying your taxes is always going to be easier than underpaying them so that's what i would that's what i would be doing in that situation 
I would be purposefully overpaying just so I can get my return and the IRS can worry about sending me money instead of me worrying about sending the IRS money, collecting that money, sending them the money, making sure I'm not getting arrested in the meantime, etc. So that's what I would do. And that's all you really need to know for filing your taxes. And that's really all there is to filing taxes. Like, it can be difficult to understand at first, but as you file over the years, it just becomes easier with practice. Uh, I hope this episode has been informative, and I hope you guys learned something from it. I plan on covering S-Corporations soon, which is basically just how rich people pay less taxes percentage-wise than less rich people. So if you enjoyed, please follow the podcast so as to be notified when new episodes come out. For new listeners, I typically cover the NFL, but I am planning on doing episodes on real-world topics such as this. I might do history in the future. And if you have a suggestion, please leave a voicemail using the link provided in the description of this episode. And thank you guys for listening, and good luck filing your taxes.